She's not even worried about the war. I'm even worried about the battle between the resistance and the first order. She's like, nope, I'm going to go kill this. Even officer. in war, you have to CYA cover your assets. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Dean Foster. And my name is Beth Revis. I'm the author of Rebel Rising, and welcome to Star Wars Tides. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Star Wars Ties. Today is episode 34. Man, we're just cranking them out there. We uh, are. Yeah, we're super excited <laughs> once again to be entering into another episode of the Summer of Stormtroopers series. There's one. Set for stun. <laughs> These aren't the droids we're looking for. Hey, you. Identify yourself. There's no one here. Coming fire! Get cover! Stop that ship! Blast them! Open the blast door! Open the blast door! Do you know what's going on? It's them! Blast them! Move along. Move along. And we've got a really cool episode lined up for you guys where we're going to be digging into the first issue of the Captain Phasma Road to the Last Jedi comic book. So we're going to be looking at issue one today. And I have, without a doubt, the faithful companion, the smooth-talking Mandalorian, Mr. Lando Fett, <laughs> with me. How are you, Lando? Hello. Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Now, off the air, you were telling me about this really cool mod to a game. Uh, let's go yes. ahead and let the listeners know a little bit more about that. The name of the mod is called Movie Battles 2, and if you have the Jedi Academy games, which... It's just the one where you're the student of Kyle Katarn is the main story in it. What this mm -hmm. does is it kind of piggybacks off of all that game code, and it lets you play like objective-based maps from the movies, like the one I was telling you about, the Escape from the Death Star, where the rebels are trying to, you know, turn the power off to the tractor beam and then get on the Millennium Falcon and fly away. The Empire team is trying to stop them, and like the Empire team has all these like little mean tricks that they can play. Like they can pull the bridges out from the walkways, kind of like when Luke and Leia, <laughs> you know, grappled across the the gap there. They can pull those out while the Alliance are on those and make them fall. I'm the just cool picturing one. that. I'm sorry. I'm no. just picturing that. Like oh, all this group of Rebel characters, you know, Wookies and. Republic commandos and stuff like that, all standing on the walk, and just disappears. And it, you know, it's like a cartoon moment when like Wiley e. Coyote runs off the cliff, and he doesn't realize that he's run off the cliff, and he looks down. That's kind of how it is. <sighs> like it slowly starts pulling back. The walkway does, and like it locks the doors so they can't run up, like get across real quick and open the door and get out. Like it <laughs> locks those doors where they have to stay on the bridge as it's coming back, and you see them all fall off one by one. Yay. That's pretty cool. Uh, the coolest trap is the garbage mm -hmm. chute. You'll get, like, if you're an Imperial on that map, you'll get a message that says there's garbage in the garbage chute, and you can hit up, you can find the button for the garbage control, and it'll compact whoever's in the, the garbage chute. Oh, man. They'll be a lot thinner. 
They will be. And the cool thing is, if, if you get in the garbage chute, if you're the Alliance, and you don't get crushed, it comes out right under the walkway to the Millennium Falcon. Ah, well, there you go. So, so it's just like the movie. It is, and it's kind of risk and reward. It's like, do we go to the safe way and fight our way through all the Imperial guys, or do we take the garbage chute or the walkways and try to try to rush them before they know what happens? Right, try to sneak out that way, yeah. That's but awesome. It's, it's the cool mod, and you know, you'd think the Jedi and the Sith would be overpowered, but they've really got a good balance system in it. You don't have to be a Force user to be good at that game. Good. Well, other than that, have you been doing anything else Star Wars lately? <sighs> Not lately, no. Just uh, just been playing that and a little bit of the uh, Knights of the Old Republic still. I still love that one. Oh, that's a great game. I have spent a little bit more time on the tablet that we got that I talked about last episode. Yeah. And uh, I've been playing a lot of the Star Wars Challenges game. I think that's what it mm-hmm. is. The one where you are building up characters <clears throat> and kind of developing their their skills. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's basically an RPG, except you're not traveling through a map. So the primary focus is you level up the characters, you're adding gear, you're upgrading them, you're upgrading their attacks, and all of the things that you would associate with a standard RPG are there, except for the fact that you don't travel, you don't go through a map, you know, you don't, you're not mm. traveling terrain or anything like that. You go from level to level and it gets progressively more difficult, and you're building up a team of light side characters or dark side characters. You, uh, <clears throat> it forces you to play light side first, and you have oh. to get to a certain level before you open up the ability to play dark side. And then you can start unlocking dark side characters and using them and stuff like that. It, and of course, just like every other mobile game, there's a lot of possibility to get more stuff if you're willing to spend actual money, like real you know, American dollars or whatever your currency may be. I'm a cheapskate and don't do that. So you know, I'm going much slower than you probably could in the game <laughs> because I'd rather just play it as is. And I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. And the other one that I tried was called X-Wing Flight. It's a mobile game exclusively for Android devices. And it is very reminiscent. I played through it a couple times and I really enjoyed it. It's very reminiscent of just like the free-for-all kind of thing that you would run into in the old DOS games. Oh, So, basically, you're in an X-Wing, and the only level I've played so far is destroy eight TIE Fighters. And it's like you're in the cockpit of the X-Wing looking at the nose. One finger is, you know, you use both fingers on the screen. One finger is up, down, left, right as you're flying around, and you can accidentally ram into somebody, so you got to be careful. Uh, (laughs) And the other hand controls missiles, lasers, or speed. That's pretty cool. I mean, you're just flying around and shooting. I mean, it's it's a great—I love it. It reminds me so much of those old computer games where you're just flying around shooting stuff. And you can pick different ships, so it's not just an X-Wing. The more you play, the more you unlock over time. So both of those games are really cool, but I'll be honest, that RPG-style game has been consuming most of my time as far as (laughs) Star Wars gaming right now because I'm trying to level up characters. And you get some really good characters from the get-go. Like, I've already got Farm Boy Luke Skywalker, Clone Wars Chewbacca for the light side characters, for dark side characters... I've got a Imperial Guard and a Night Sister and who's my third one? A Snowtrooper. Oh, cool! One, one of the specialty types of stormtroopers, which is pretty cool. But I've got five or six on the light side. I've got an Ewok and a J 
Jedi Counselor and a couple of other characters. And there's so much more to unlock. And you have to earn chips or crystals for each of the individual characters. And after you've earned so many of those chips, then you can unlock the character. And you can only do that by fighting battles. So, I mean, it's it plays upon itself. Sounds and fun. It, it really is kind of one of those games where if you're willing to lose yourself for a while and be like, oh, I'll play for 15 minutes, then you look up and an hour's gone by. <laughs> this is the game for you. Because that's kind of how it works for me. You know, I'll get on and... I'll just play 15, 20 minutes, and I'll crash. And I'll look up and I'm like, oh, crap, i got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing this game for like an hour or an hour and a half and didn't even realize it. Because it is kind of mindless when you're doing the RPGs because you're just not active playing. You know, you're not slashing or anything like that. You're just pushing buttons. Say, oh, we'll use this attack. Or, nah, strategically, this attack would be better for this character or whatever it may be. And, you know, it's it's thought, but it's not a lot of physical motion or anything like that so you can go through five or six battles and not realize you've gone through five or six battles because you're just playing Mm -hmm. so yeah but anyway it's a lot of fun it's great so i highly recommend those two games and like i said last time the the lego micro fighters game is really cool too but these two games have been the ones that have kind of been consuming my time more than anything else right now the the rpg like one sounds really fun i like the fact you have to do the light side before to let you do the dark side like most good sith were good before right they were yeah. bad that's true that's true and i'm trying to think i did finish queen's shadow i don't think i've started i haven't really started a new book yet I've, i'm kind of waiting in all honesty to find out what the theme for the fall is going to be so i can pick a book for the lando's luxurious library to read and go ahead and release it with the fall theme Oh, I was going to ask you a quick question. Did no, you see it. where Disney's throwing around the idea of making a Bane trilogy movie? I did. I saw that it was being tossed around. There were even rumors flying around of a cast member that they were going to make as Bane. Yeah, you know uh, Dave Bautista, the guy that's Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. They were wanting that's to make the him one? Bane. Yeah. That would I- be pretty awesome. He's got the build because, you know, Bane was this big, burly miner basically, who ran away from slavery and joined the Sith. Yeah, that's true. Based on the, the Drew, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Oh, I know. Uh, Carpathian? Carpathian? Carpathian, something like that. Uh, yeah. It's a Darth Bane trilogy. It's a great trilogy. I've read the first one, I know. I can't remember if I've read the second one or not. But listeners, go out and check it out. Sometime soon, I'll try to read those, maybe for maybe for the next theme or something. We'll, we'll try to squeeze it in and maybe make that a... Uh, Lando's Luxurious Library book I review soon because it's a really good one. It is good. And that would be so cool. I know they've been talking about doing some older public storylines. Darth Bane is already part of the canon. Compliments of Clone Wars Season 6. Mm-hmm. The Lost Missions where Yoda is like visiting the Sith planet or whatever. Yeah, isn't that the one where he kind of sees the visions of all the past Sith Lords? Right, yeah. He goes on this random planet. I don't remember. He takes R2-D2 with him, I think, for some bizarre reason. And he ends up like having a conversation with the spirit of Darth Bane, or a statue of Darth Bane, one of the two. So it's a very strange episode, and of course it's not on Netflix right now because they took Clone Wars off. But it'll probably Ooh. be on Disney Plus here in you know a couple months. So yay, we'll, we'll check it out then <laughs> and review it. But uh, anyway, so Darth Bane is canon in the new canon. So it works where we'll be able to listen, and, or rather read, and enjoy that pretty pretty excitingly. Uh, so I'm looking forward to 
the possibility that Disney might be releasing that. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a streaming service, like a streaming movie. Yeah. Or if, is this a rumor flying around for the 2022, 2024, 2026 movies? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I could see it being a good, like, kind of installment movie, you know, like they do the first book, you know, one month, and then the second book another month, make it like a three-month yeah. event, release the, the movies in order the way that the books happened. But, I mean, that would make sense. But you know, Disney's going to do their own thing, so. They are. If there's anything they've made very clear, they're going to do it their own way. And sometimes that's contrary to what we as fans really <laughs> look forward to, but that doesn't mean that it's still not good in its own way. It, it's hard to mess the story of Bane up, though. I mean, he has a really good backstory already. Yeah, well, we said that about Han Solo, too. Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> But, you know, like I've said multiple times, as I go back and watch Solo again and again, this new backstory is beginning to, I'm beginning to take a shine to it. It's never going to replace the old one, but it, you know, it's nice to see how two different storylines can both create the same character. This is true. Got to look at it academically. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, listeners, if you remember, last time when I released our first episode of the Summer of Stormtroopers series a few weeks ago... I asked you if you would call in and let us know if that you had an idea for the fall theme, and I have not gotten a lot of replies. I'm going to be honest, I also posted on Facebook, and that's actually the only place I got feedback. And so I'll be talking about that here briefly in a minute, but I did want to go ahead and throw it out there that I'm going to really encourage you guys to reach out to us through Facebook or through email or through the phone number. and. Let us know what you're thinking and give us some some of your comments in relation to Star Wars. So the question for this episode that I would like to be able to discuss by the next episode is what is your favorite Star Wars book Ooh. and why? What is your favorite Star Wars book and why? So this can be any new canon, old canon, doesn't matter. Uh, in fact, we, we love both canons, so you're, you're doing great either way. But what is your favorite book and why? We're very curious what you guys have to say. So whenever you get the chance, give us a call, give us an email, or shoot us a Facebook message and let us know. And once again, you can reach out to us in those ways. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Star Wars Ties. Our email is starwarstiespodcast at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 828 828- Three three one one eight seven three. So once again, reach out to us and let us know what is your favorite Star Wars book and why. Now, we did, as I said, get a little bit of feedback. First off, I asked what should our fall theme be, and Christopher Carlson did give us some feedback. So let's go ahead and jump into the transmission segment. Admiral, receiving transmission from Scarif. All right, as I was saying, uh, Christopher Carlson gave us some awesome feedback as far as what our fall theme should be. Now, you and I have talked about this briefly in a couple of other episodes, and we've talked about maybe a fall of Jedi, we've talked about maybe a fall of starships. I think that's the only two we've talked about. I I think that's the only two. I've had a couple of other ideas pop in my head. But Christopher Carlson mentions a horror theme. Oh. And... You know, I was sitting there going, I actually read that Star Wars and Zombies book. I wish I'd known that. Could have made it fit that a little bit better. But then I was watching the Star Wars show the other day. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're unfamiliar with the Star Wars show, it's on StarWars.com's YouTube page, and they release a new episode every Wednesday. It's a weekly video cast with some really great, quick, updated Star Wars news and interviews and things like that. And last week, they did an interview with Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott does did a couple of the junior novelizations for like middle school readers, and he also writes for the IDW Star Wars Adventures comics, which I've mm. never read. I, I've not read any of them, but he writes for several of them. And Landon, I'm sending this to you. I'm going to post this link in, in the show notes. I'm thinking that we did a horror theme. I would totally just buy these. Oh, wow. And read them. That's a cool looking... Those are cool looking covers. I like those. Yeah, because last October, Kevin Scott released five issues of the IDW publishing company of Tales from Vader's Castle. And each of them is ghost stories or horror stories that they've been adapted into comic books. Oh, that is so cool. And the one they were talking about in the Star Wars show this past week was the, the issue two, Vader's Castle issue two, Count Dooku, Prince of Darkness, because they were playing on Christopher Lee's famous role as Dracula, and that issue is supposed to be a parody of Bram Stoker's oh, Dracula cool. in the Star Wars universe. So I was like, you know what? Christopher Carlson... We might just take you up on your idea and jump into the IDW Tales from Vader's Castle run because it's got it covers all the different canons. Like the first one, The Haunting of the Ghost, is actually on the ghost with Kanan and Hera. And the second one is about Count Dooku. The third one uh, called The Pirate Witch. I'm not <laughs> sure what that one's about, but anyway, so it sounds just awesome. Uh, it looks like it's Han and Chewie on that one. Those covers are really cool. I like all those covers. They're very reminiscent of like horror comics from back in the day. Exactly. So, you know what? What I'm going to do, listeners, is post a poll up with three or four different suggestions. But I'm right now I'm leaning towards Christopher Carlson's suggestion for the horror and doing this. Because these are some pretty cool looking issues, and I've never read them. So it'd be fun to kind of review them for the first time. Hmm. I like these. I, I wouldn't mind to read these. These look really fun. Yeah, and they'd be really perfect for the you know the fall and the Halloween season kind of thing. So fits my marching band show too. <laughs> there you go. I'm doing a Halloween theme for the marching band show. So it's like, ah, oh, well, you know what, guys, we're gonna just uh, tie this into the podcast too. You know, <laughs> play some Star Wars or play some Halloween music, and we'll record it and have some spooky episodes posting or something like that. Uh, put in some howling wolves and creepy door sound effects there we go but anyway so christopher carlson thank you for that idea and it gave me some inspiration to go knocking around and seeing and conveniently right about the time you posted that that was on the star wars show i believe it was last week so we're recording on july 2nd so it would have been the last week of june if you're wanting to go watch that particular interview with kevin scott because it was a pretty good you know the star wars show is only like four or five minutes long maybe eight so it's not a long interview but it's still really cool to, to kind of see what they do and all that kind of stuff. And they also did a really good review of Galaxy's Edge. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was a few episodes ago, too. And listeners, I don't know if you are in the area of Galaxy's Edge in California or you're going to be in the area of Galaxy's Edge in Orlando, but you know, if you've got an extra $200 in your pocket when you go and you want to buy me a lightsaber, <laughs> I'll take a green or blue kyber crystal 
and you just make the hilt however you want and just ship it right to me and I would really appreciate it. <laughs> so anyway, they have you heard some of the stuff they've got going on about Oh Galaxy's yeah, Edge? I have one of the girls I work with at the bank, she books travel vacations to Disney in her off time and she goes all the time and she's actually got one of the she's trying to get one of the sneak previews for in September when they open it in Disney World in Florida and she wants to be one of the first but we talk about all the cool stuff going on there like the build your own droids the build your own lightsabers yeah. I didn't know this till I was looking the other day but apparently there is a special red kyber crystal that they only put 20 a day out of and it, oh, I didn't it's know that. a That's black cool. piece of obsidian, and you get a little scroll that comes with it that says, the forest really is with you. You found a piece of an ancient Sith temple. These temples, and it kind of gives oh, wow. the history awesome. of the Sith temple, and it says, because of the dark side energies obtained in this piece of obsidian, it functions as a red kyber crystal in any lightsaber. That is awesome. Well, one of the things that I knew, I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you get a kyber crystal for your mm -hmm. lightsaber... And then you go buy a holocron. You can put the kyber crystal yes. into the holocron, and it'll actually like create a hologram of a Jedi or a Sith to talk to you. That is awesome. See, the immersion like that is what's going to make this a really cool place. Yeah, amen. I mean, I'm pumped. I want to go so badly, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. And even if it does, I don't. I've told my wife already. I said, if and when we go. <laughs> Not yet, when we go. It might be like five years down the road. But when we go, I said, I don't care if I get anything else at Disney World. I'm taking $200. I don't care if I have to, you know, sell a couple of Star Wars books go. to do it. But I'm taking to I'm going to build my own custom lightsaber. Because from what I understand, there's like three or four different sections to the lightsaber. And there's like two or three options for each mm -hmm. section. So if, this is the hilt only. So basically, there is a massive number of combinations for you to be able to make a lightsaber that is completely unique from anybody else's. And what is cool is like you can change the kyber crystals out and it'll change the color of the blade and the sound. Exactly. I mean isn't I mean that's just awesome. They've really outdone themselves. So Disney's doing some things right. Can't, can't that's true. argue that, listeners. We might have our points of view that might differ as far as some of the new canon books or movies or whatever, comics, but I'm going to get into that a little bit today, I think, when we finally get into the comic. But you can't argue that they're not doing some things right. I think Galaxy's Edge is definitely something they're doing right. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling we're going to get the same feeling when they finally release Disney+. Plus, I think they're going to try to do the total immersion thing. Like, Disney's big thing is always, like, immerse yourself. You don't realize that you're in a theme park. And from what I've read about Galaxy's Edge, you know, they do a really good job with that. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's the same. So, anyway. Well, we did get one other piece of listener feedback, and that was in response to a question I posted oh. today. So earlier this afternoon, I posted, what are your thoughts about Captain Phasma? Since I knew we were going to be digging into the Captain Phasma comic today. And we got one response from Landon Williams. Landon Williams says, and I quote, So disappointed up to this point, if she returns in this last film, I hope it's epic. So much wasted potential for the story between her and Finn. The story of her trying to save face and hunt down the one who dared abandon her squad and the fear Finn would feel. Always looking over his shoulder, knowing the First Order was gunning for him. Making him a comic relief doofus is another rant for another time, but I feel Phasma was Boba Fetted. All the hype for this mysterious new character with awesome armor, but for not much. I can kind of see that point. 
I totally can. And it's going to be a great transition as we dig into the comic. I think my beef, Landon, and I'm, I'm in total agreement with you, and I'll let <laughs> Lando Fett, the other Landon, give his chime in too. My issue is that Captain Phasma in this comic really has some awesome moments to shine and really does kind of show off that character that you want to see in the movie, but you don't see it in the movie. That's my issue. You know, I've heard it mentioned in a couple of other podcasts that I've listened to, and I kind of agree with it. Disney's doing a really cool job with this new canon stuff up to an extent, but they're leaving a lot of stuff, most of the stuff that you really want to see, not on the screen in the movie. Yeah. They're saying it happened, and these are the ramifications of it happening, but you never actually see it. And that's, I mean, I, they're going to make money no matter what they do, so it, it, my opinion doesn't really make that much of a difference, and I understand that. But that's just, that's not how George did it. No. We got the nitty-gritty in the prequels, and some people hated the prequels because we got the nitty-gritty in it. We got the nitty-gritty in the original trilogy, and we got to see some of these really awesome events occur and the character development, and we're kind of being told to trust that the characters developed in these new movies, and it's just, you know, I'd like to see some of it. I really would. And I agree, Captain Phasma had so much potential, and knowing that she was going to be back in Episode Eight, I was like, yeah, we're going to have a cool showdown. And they had a showdown, but it did not live up to what it should have. No, that was... There should have been so much more to that. If that was going to be the final fight for Captain Phasma, it should have been so much cooler. I agree. I think they kind of... If she truly is dead now, I don't know anything about that. No, that's you true. Know. I don't either. If they've revived her or resurrected her or kept her character alive in some way, shape, or form, they've kept it really hush-hush. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's And cool. you know, doesn't Finn even say in The Force Awakens, Poe's asking him about their suits, he's like, no, no, they just filter out smoke. They don't have any breathers in them. They don't filter out toxins. Yeah, like, I wonder if he was kind of saying that the standard ones don't, but Captain Phasma's probably seals itself off. And Yeah, I mean, there's so much potential for how she could have survived. And I'm just, I'm dis, I'm disappointed yeah. in the lack of screen time that she got as a really awesome character, a really cool character. But I know that we are not going to have time to read this comic or <laughs> dig into this comic if we don't start it soon. So let's go ahead and head over to the Jedi Archives and read issue one of the Captain Phasma comic. Madam Jocastanu, we would like to explore the Jedi Archives. So good to meet you. Let's show you around. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. So, looking at the cover, it's just a really good cool yes, cover. Yes, it is. Cover art was Paul Rinald, and he did great. This cover is, I mean, it's got an explosion in the bottom. you got Captain Phasma in all of her silver armor glory with the cape. And every time I see that cape, my mind automatically goes to the Incredibles <laughs> and no capes. But anyway, and then you've got, you know, Kylo Ren and Rey fighting in the background. You've got Starkiller Base. You've got TIE Fighters and the Millennium Falcon flying. I mean, it's just a really cool cover. There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. A lot to look at. A lot of distraction. <laughs> then you open it up, and of course it tells you that it's the Captain Phasma comic. The writer was Kelly Thompson. The artist was Marco Cicchetto. That was good. Sure. <laughs> Color artist was Andres Mosa. The letterer was VCs Clayton Cowles. 
Cover art, as we said, was Paul Renaud. Artist editor was Heather Antos. The editor-in-chief was Axel Alonzo. I just wanted to say that name. I'm sorry. That's, that's just a cool name. And, of course, for Lucasfilm, the senior editor was Frank Parisi. And the story group was James Walg, Leland Chi, and Matt Martin, our creative trio that pretty much does every story group, which is pretty cool. I've got the digital copy, and I'm able to see some yeah, of the movie variants. That's what I got. Uh, some of the variants. That's, that's a really I cool like variant. I like that. Like, why didn't they make her look this awesome in the movie (laughs) i know and i mean i understand that sometimes artists can do a lot more than the costume designers and things like that can make real yeah i get that but still i think you could have done more i agree well i don't know she had a pretty cool i mean can't deny that she didn't have a she had a a definitely a presence yes in that especially in force awakens yeah i think she was a bigger part of that movie than in the last jedi yeah me too i was Really kind of dis- once yeah. again we're kind of going back to it again, but I was really kind of disappointed with her presence in the Last Jedi. She was a minor character, and then they just kind of yeah. killed her off. Like, yeah, we don't have time for. Kind of like she was an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, we've got her. Uh, just go ahead and kill her off, so we can go on to the to the next you know storyline. Yeah, I mean, they really kind of, if anything, you could have kept her alive just because. I mean, gosh. Just if, to have that kind of Boba had- Fett tracking Han Solo element that was you know in the first couple of movies they could have done that with finn just like you know landon said they could have done that with finn and phasma to where they have like a final showdown on the in the last movie right they could have and like i said we get some really cool stuff in this issue but nonetheless the journey to star wars the last jedi captain phasma was released on september 6th 2017 it is book one of four i believe in the miniseries and the classic yellow text tells us Captain Phasma. General Organa's resistant forces have mounted a direct attack on the First Order's most powerful weapon, Starkiller Base. A small assault team consisting of Han Solo, Chewbacca, and former stormtrooper FN-2187, now a resistance fighter known as Finn, has infiltrated the base to lower its defense shields. While Starkiller's planet-destroying superweapon is charging, Captain Phasma is forced at Blaster Point to lower the base's defense shields, allowing resistance forces to attack in full. The trio then forces Captain Phasma into a garbage chute. <laughs> so we get the entire synopsis of Finn and all the stuff in The Force Awakens. And then we flip the page, and we get... We get a lovely countdown of everything before Starkiller Base fires off the big weapon. Well, actually, you're right, but if you look really carefully, you'll see that the top panel, time is 1531. Mm-hmm. If you look at the bottom panel, there's only two on the page, what time is it? 2021, yeah. So there's a 10-minute difference here. We're basically, this entire issue takes place in 10 minutes. <laughs> it might not quite take that much time to read, but it it takes place in 10 minutes. So we're going back in time 10 minutes from the moment that we see in the first panel. And in the first panel, Phasma is basically saying, I'm recording notes from the final moments of Starkiller Base as I saw them. Yep. So, yeah, I like that, because now we're going to get basically her perspective. And I like that, because that plays into the story of this, too, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But boy, that's a nasty-looking garbage chute she's in. <laughs> I know. Do you think that blue is, like, radioactive? I don't know. I, it could be. Because that's... It really could be, and it's kind of freaky-looking. I'm guessing she blasted open the wall. I'm, I'm, I don't know really know how she got out. It doesn't actually explain that. So once again, we see her get into the trash compactor, and we just assume she finds a way out. 
But you see some of the refuse and everything like that lying around. And there's like liquid leaking out of it. It's kind of got this eerie blue. It's pretty impressive. A neat looking tentacle just kind of hanging out there. Yeah, I was looking at that and I'm going, you know, I wonder if that's a the same kind of animal or whatever that attacked Luke in the original. Anyway, it says that it is T-minus six minutes until the weapon is fully charged. As we flip the page, we see that all three panels on the next page are Captain Phasma's recounting what she was doing once she got out of the garbage compactor. And she doesn't even, I think, clarify that she was in a garbage compactor. She just says that once she realized three resistance forces were attacking the base, she started to make her way to the nearest computer access point to determine how the shield defenses were <laughs> even though she was the one to have done it. So you know automatically that somebody would have wanted to look into it and go, who's responsible for this? And the computer access terminal would tell anybody that she was responsible for it. So she's going to clean up her mess. That's right. No low-level you know, trooper is going to have the clearance codes to take the shield down. Yeah. Now this bottom panel, the explosion... That's, that's pretty that's, cool. That's pretty awesome. So she mentions that, of course, there's resistance forces... And the damage sustained was significant, and when she says that, I mean, you can see one, two, three, maybe four troopers just blasting away in a massive explosion with lots of shards and pieces of metal and everything flying in the air. I mean, it's cool. And she's just kind of there being all cool and like, yeah, it's no big thing. Yeah, I mean, she's just walking through like it's no big deal. See, it's this kind of thing which like, why didn't we see this in the movie? Because that's awesome. You know, that kind of pompous, arrogant attitude is exactly what you would have expected because it's very Boba Fettish. Just kind of walks into the room, walks through. People are, you know, it's kind of like that classic cowboy hero that walks into the saloon and everybody turns around and looks at him with the evil stink eye (laughs) and he just walks over to the bar casually and orders a drink. No big deal. Whatever. That's the kind of presence that she's given here. It's like, eh, yeah, just another day at work. My troopers are dying. No big deal. I don't care. (laughs) Get out of my way. I'm coming through. Yeah. So when you flip the page again, once again, you get basically one line of text, and that is that the progress was repeatedly inhibited by explosions inside the base and the ramifications of said explosions. She drops a gun, which you know has ricocheting blaster bolts that she's trying to dodge. It looks like in the third or fourth panel here that she's got a blaster that actually goes through her cape. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But I don't know if it dissipates on her cape. Like, is that why she wears the cape? Does it reflect blaster bolts that's a good question or absorb the because it looks kind of like the energy gets absorbed it doesn't go through it wouldn't that be cool and this is kind of leads into another the book you know the book phasma that just came out i was watching a youtube video kind of about some of the summary of that and her armor is special in the fact that it's made out of a a ship's plating, like, you know, kind of how Naboo had the, the mirrored finished ships. Yeah. That's kind of the same material. She figured out how to work that and weld it into her armor. So she could actually so survive she could, a blast. She said that she, you know, I said it was a very hard process, but somehow she figured out how to do that, and she wouldn't tell anybody else how to do it, so she would have a unique set. Well, good for her. That's right. See, stuff like that could have made this such a cool character. Yes. As you look at the bottom panel... It spells the word boom, which I think is really cool. And it shakes. It shows that it's kind of like shaking and reverberating to indicate, I guess, that a bomb blew, Woo-hoo. hit the building or whatever, and it and it's boom, shaking. So that'll come into play later. And then, you know, the next page is a full spread of 
and X-Wing and TIE Fighters and multiple X-Wings in the background. I mean, it's a vicious but beautiful shot with lots of red and green blaster bolts. And once again, you've got her basically saying she's trying to make it to this computer access terminal and she's facing a lot of resistance. No pun intended there. (laughs) That was really good. Oh, thank you. And she faced a lot of resistance. You can kind of hear the battle, though. Like, you can hear those TIE Fighter laser sounds. Yes. In that picture. Oh, yeah. And you can see the X-Wing. You know, yeah. It's The artist did a really good job depicting the explosions and everything like that and really making it easy to see what and hear like you said and picture the scene from the yeah. force awakens i mean we're we're seeing the force awakens here it really it really works it really really does so as we flip the page again we finally get to time 1522 so basically that was a full minute of her getting out of the trash compactor and into the computer access terminal And when she gets into the computer access terminal, I notice that the first thing she does, I didn't see this the first time, but I saw it the second or third I read it. She shuts the door behind her so that she has some privacy. She goes in, she puts the blaster down, and she goes into the computer and has the computer recount to her that she accessed the computer. Who accessed the computer between blah, 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 times? And the computer goes, well, it was Captain Phasma. Security code 00913885. (laughs) So you flip the page again, and she basically deletes her presence there. And she's like, all right, I'm good. (laughs) She turns to walk away, and then she stops. And I love this. She's like, wait, someone else could have accessed the system. So you get the impression she's going to plant somebody, and she's going to blame this on somebody else. Now that is clever. Now we're seeing, like, not just the brute, you know, I'm a beast of a woman and can just walk through massacre of stormtroopers and not be phased. Not only that, but I'm clever. Yeah. I can figure stuff out. You know, I've got a way to make this turn into my favor. So then she get, digs back into the computer, finds somebody who did access the system briefly, and basically plants it on him. Pulls up his picture and says, Further investigation revealed Starkiller base shields were lowered at 1511 from inside the base by Lieutenant Sol Rivas. I think she added that information. Gives his ID number, and then... I began pursuit of Lieutenant Rivas immediately upon this discovery. So once again, she's talking into her recording device, talking about what she did next. And so this is pretty cool. You know, Now she's hunting her own. She's not even worried about the war. Not even worried about the battle between the Resistance and the First Order. She's like, nope, I'm going to go kill this Even officer. in war, you have to CYA, cover your assets. <laughs> uh, so you flip the page again, and she's... Sees him from afar, tries to aim at him, but then we get another one of those boom. And that boom's really cool. I like how the the blaster bolt's kind of curving in that. That's really cool. Yeah, I saw that too. That's really cool. And then the one right below it, you know, it shows that it, that she misses, and even shows you know pieces of the paneling that she hits, like breaking off and shattering. But yeah, I like that too, where you can see the blaster bolt like shaking. And bending in the in the explosion, that's pretty awesome. Kind of like Ghostbusters is what it reminds me of the streams. Yeah, don't cross <laughs> the streams. Don't cross the streams, guys. I think we have to cross the streams. Speaking of Ghostbusters, did you see that they're? I mean, they're lining up pretty much all the original cast for this Ghostbusters. I've heard 3. that. I'm excited beyond belief about that. <laughs> me too. I'm so excited. Can't wait. 
All right, so small detouring, <laughs> That's okay. or small detour rather. Foot back. We look again. We see more explosions. You know, more crashing and bangs. We get to see some of the cool gadgets. So once again, we're kind of seeing this Boba Fett-like character. She's got a suspension cable attached to a spike in her wrist, and she just shoots it out, and it throws itself into a wall, and then she's you know able to take a piece out and chuck it into the wall behind her. And as you flip the page, she slides down this massive cable that she basically had in her wrist on her Which rifle. Which is a cool visual. I love that. I mean, that is an awesome visual. I mean, she, the, the way the cape is, is draping behind her, it looks like bat wings. It almost looks like Batman. <laughs> she does. really does. It's, it's a very... It's a very Batman-y looking picture. Not that that was necessarily the intent. And once again, we're talking about Captain Phasma being this really cool character. It's got really cool armor, really cool gadgets in the armor. All of that is evident in this comic, which is great. But, oh, oh there's the timer. But this, Which is great, but it's like, man, I'm disappointed that we're not seeing this. Yeah, that we're thing. not seeing this in a movie. Exactly. Oh. So she basically goes down several levels to catch up to this officer Rebus and she runs into some stormtroopers who are like word is that general hux is evacuated so what are we supposed to do and she's like man your post until otherwise ordered yes ma'am <laughs> stay here and die on the planet but in defense of the stormtrooper That's he's compliant true. so at let's see t minus two minutes until weapon is fully charged time is 1525 she's now walking across the snow-covered ground chasing after Rivis and I love that she has, in this bottom panel, she's got this question mark. You flip the page, and she sees Kylo Ren and Rey fighting. That's a cool... That's a really cool scene. At approximately 1525, I witnessed Kylo Ren and an unknown opponent in the southeast woods battling with lightsabers. And then another boom, and a crack, and then a chasm is created, and she's got, like, claws in her fingers, so she's able to grab onto the ice. I mean, who is this character? Yeah, really... Continued explosions and destabilization of the planet proved problematic, but not impossible. She climbs up and then jumps across the chasm. Oh, whoops, I skipped a scene. She snipes him first and misses again. Which, I'm impressed that this pistol-slash-sniper rifle is so good with long-range firing as it is. Yeah. Must be a specialty weapon to go with her specialty Yes. <laughs> you know a normal stormtrooper couldn't make that shot. <laughs> Well, even she missed. <laughs> That's true. So, That's true. Ooh. Playing on the Stormtrooper memes from last, last time. <laughs> they always miss, even if they're Captain Phasma. That's true. Uh, so anyway, she jumps across this chasm, like just runs and jumps and makes it across it, which is a, also another really cool scene. And well, I love the line, you know, the seismic explosions create a chasm between myself and the hangar and thus Revis. I continued my pursuit. <laughs> That's it. Just, I continued. I kept going. I like how this reads like a police report. Yeah, it does. It's really cool. So listeners, I'm, I'm skipping a lot of it just because we were short on time and everything like that. But go back and, and read this because the police report part of it is really good. And it definitely gives you that all-business presentation of Captain Phasma that you really want. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So as you flip the page again, we've now reached time 1527. The weapon is fully charged. But Starkiller Base's destruction is imminent. Upon arrival at the hangar, I found Rivis had stolen one of the two docked TIE fighters, and she engages TN-3465 and basically says, you're going to fly this other TIE fighter, and we're <laughs> going to go chase that TIE fighter down. And the TIE fighter pilot is like, yes, Captain. 
So you got it. Man. You got it. Buckle in. Yep. <laughs> Time 15.28, they get into the fighter, and there's a BB-9 droid in there, and she's like, what is this droid doing in here? Oh, it was doing updates on the fighter. Sorry. Just tell it to get out of the way. <laughs> the colors on this page are also really cool, because we've seen a lot of the whites and the blue hues. This gives us a lot of the reds and the oranges, which is really cool. So that was some nice contrast from some of the previous pages. Props to the artist for being able to give us that and not have it be too jarring. <laughs> So anyway, Captain Phasma basically tells the TIE fighter pilot that we now are going to complete our mission, which is to hunt and kill the traitor that allowed Starkiller Base to be destroyed, Lieutenant Sol Revis. And they fly out of the exploding Starkiller Base, and then it says Time 1531, and it's the same picture as the first panel at the beginning of the comic. And it's the same quote. This is Captain Phasma recording notes on the final moments of Starkiller Base for further debrief. And that's the end of the first issue. Mm. I mean, it flows pretty quickly. It does. Listeners. I'm, we, we talk through it really fast, and there's some really great artwork, but it really does just kind of move. The story is definitely running because you're following – I mean, it's a less than a 10-minute period, basically, that you're chasing Captain Phasma as she's chasing Lieutenant Sol Revis. I like this issue a lot. It was – it gave her 10 times more character development than the movie ever did. It really does. Because you're seeing, again, you're seeing some of the gadgets on her armor. You're seeing this all-business, no-talk attitude. You're seeing how she's able to recognize she could get in major trouble for having lowered the defenses. So she finds a way to get around it and blame somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, save her own skin by basically saying, nope, I'm going to get off Starkiller Base because I'm going to hunt down the traitor. And she's covering her butt. Yeah. Because whenever she has to present her debriefing she's going to have her side of the story and the other guy's going to be dead so it's not like anybody can yeah exactly question her side of the story which is what she's doing she's basically setting herself up to be it's just me and all the other people she's talked to all the troopers that died or the even this tie pilot are under the impression that she's the good guy and he's the bad guy very manipulative so, you didn't you know yes, you didn't see that side of her in the movie that she was so manipulative behind the scenes about everything exactly exactly so i was definitely impressed with captain phasma in this and she definitely makes up for being just a really awesome stormtrooper mm -hmm. you know making this whole summer of stormtrooper series just that much cooler so i must say i was impressed with captain phasma from the comic i just like I've said multiple times, I just wish we could have seen more of it on screen. I agree. That's my biggest disappointment in Captain Phasma. But, that being said, we do have to rate this issue. So, in Starship Armors, how many out of ten suits of Starship Armor would you rate Captain Phasma issue one? Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably give it an eight. It's, it's a good story. It fills in a lot of the backstory of what was going on during The Force Awakens when Starkiller Base was on its way out. I guess the only thing I really don't like is the fact that I wish this would have been in the movie. I mean, this character development of her, you see her as this kind of conniving, manipulative trooper who does make mistakes from time to time, but the thing is, she's smart enough to know how to cover her tracks. Yeah. I mean, if anything, and I know it wouldn't have been possible with the amount of time that the last jedi took 
But you had a side story for Finn, you had a side story for Poe, you had a side story for Rey. You introduced Captain Phasma as their own character. Why not do this story as a side story from the dark side's perspective during The Last Jedi? Because all of this takes place during The Last Jedi. Yeah. Ish. You know, you could have made it to where this happened during the la- and then had Captain Phasma go out and do that last fight with Finn, and you would have had much more respect for the character. You would have hated how she died because you would have thought, well, darn, it really was kind of like Boba Fett falling down the Sarlacc pit, kind of anticlimactic, but at least she had a cool backstory to go with it, you know? There was more fleshing out of that character yeah. in the movie. And we just didn't get that. So I agree. Uh, I'd give it about an 8 as well. I think there was... The artwork was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like I know that there are other issues that are a little bit have a little bit more to the character and a little bit more to the story. So there's some other things coming that I know are going to be better. So I'm not going to give it a ten, but it was also just you know, it was a fast read. It's not one of those where you really get to sit down and think through it, kind of like that Sergeant Creel issue we read a few weeks ago. Yeah, this one is much more of a whoop that was really cool yep 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 but it didn't make you stop and think very much it was very much just kind of giving you the plot which is great i'm not arguing that that's not a good thing but that you know making me want to go back and reread it five or six times like that sergeant creel one definitely takes away from that that 10 range so i'd give it an eight too uh well (laughs) anything else star wars on your mind there landon i can't think of anything at the moment yeah, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired. I was going to say, sleepy sleepiness is setting in. Uh-oh, that's dangerous. That's not good. That's when, no. that's when I make mistakes and have to go in and kill some poor lieutenant. <laughs> that's right. That's when I <laughs> accidentally allow myself to get thrown into the trash compactor after lowering the defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. From some insubordinate stormtrooper who I really just needed to smack around when he took his helmet off when he wasn't supposed to. That's right. Should just punched him. <laughs> well, the, the or shot him. The phasma in this comic would have. The phasma in this comic would have just shot him right there and been like, "Ah, well, it's one less stormtrooper. <laughs> He's expendable. Get another one." Well, I mean, that's how she treated the ones in the standard. Uh, General Hux is apparently has run away or, or retreated or you know left the planet. What are we supposed to do? Die. Stay here and die. <laughs> Just stay here and die. See those lightsabers over there? Go stand in front of them and see what happens. <laughs> go help Kylo Ren. You know, That's right. See if he needs any help. You know. Or go fall in this chasm. All of you fall in this chasm till it's full now. Yeah, that way we can you know, subdue all of the lava and exploding material of the planet's core that's coming our way. You know? <laughs> that's right. Oh boy, now you can tell we're tired. That's right. We're just kind of like, huh? What? Spitballing it as we go. That's right. It's the best way we know how to do it, guys. Heck yeah. Well, I guess it's safe to say then we probably need to ask the most important question of the episode, and that is, what kind of blue milk are we going to leave with today? Ooh. Oh, I think I've got it. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I stole it from you. But I made this recipe last week, and it was delicious. I'm going to cross universes here. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I am. Okay. So... I am an aficionado of many things. Uh, gardening is one of them, and I've been growing my own vegetables and everything like that so that I could incorporate them in some recipes because I also am a subscriber to the Food Network magazine. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, some embarrassing material. But anyway, so in the Food Network magazine a few issues ago, they released a recipe for homemade butterbeer. Ooh, Nice. So imagine a 
basically a homemade soda. You buy club soda, and then you make your own syrup, which is melted brown sugar with some butter and some vanilla and butter extract. Mm. I didn't even know they made butter extract until I... I didn't either. <laughs> ...had to make this recipe. And then on top, instead of... Ha- it's, a, it's to make the foam that goes on top. Mm-hmm. It is confectioner's sugar mixed with heavy cream. It's making a kind of a whipped cream I- topping mixed with butterscotch ice cream topping. Oh, my gosh. So imagine, you know, a few tablespoons of that soda pop syrup mixed with club soda stirred up so that you get the flavor of this, you know, brown sugar sweet flavored soda. And then on top of that, you have a fluff of a butterscotch sweet cream foam. Yum. That is butterbeer. And, I mean, I've had a butterbeer down in, you know, Universal Studios several years ago, and I I loved it. I thought it tasted kind of like a cream soda, but I don't remember ever having the fluff on top. So I was like, dude, this recipe is awesome. So I made it last week, and it was delicious. So I vote for a butterbeer-flavored blue milk. I do, too. I think that'll be a good one. It sounds good. I love butter. Butterbeer sounds great. I've never had it. I want to try it, though. Well, I'll tell you what. I will make a batch and have you over sometime. And oh, that'll be fun. We'll drink it up because it's good stuff. I really enjoyed it, and I shared it with Afton, and she was like, oh, this is really good. I said, <laughs> tell you what, this is great. I love these recipes. <laughs> thank you, Food Network magazine. Thank you, thank you Food Network. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, listeners, as I uh, detracted yet again, I've got it. We're going to do a butterbeer-flavored blue milk. So... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Star Wars Ties as we delved into another Summer of Stormtroopers episode, learning more about the infamous Captain Phasma. We hope that you had enjoyed it as much as we did, and we also hope that you will enjoy a refreshing cross-franchise glass of butterbeer blue milk. Mm. May the Force be with you. Goodbye. franchises you know let's mix the harry potter world and star wars we're going to play quidditch with lightsabers that would actually be really cool (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine instead of having like the the beaters or whatever match hitting the bludgeons or whatever you're slicing them in half ah, that would be kind of funny you'd have to play that with like clones be like all your beaters are clones now yeah i mean that'd be rough body parts flying everywhere i mean it'd it'd be an impressive that'd be a very violent game (laughs) yes it would (laughs) just made you know quidditch one of the most dangerous games in the world i don't know how the emperor and voldemort would get along with each other that would be kind of interesting i could see voldemort and count dooku getting along really well yeah evil and conniving and I'd say the Emperor would probably just kill Voldemort after he was done with him. Yeah, he'd just use him for his power. That's basically what he did with Darth Vader. That's true. That's just what he did with all of his apprentices. He did. I was going to say, he just kind of used and abused everybody. And, and, oh, you died? That's all right. I'll replace you. It's all right. Goodbye. With the newer model. Goodbye, Darth Maul. You're being replaced by Count Dooku. Goodbye, Dooku. You're being replaced by Anakin. Bye, Anakin. You're being replaced by yourself in a robotic suit. Bye, Darth Vader. And we'll find out what... Palpatine has planned next in December. Ooh, good good plug there for the Darth Vader. Yeah.
so Rise of Skywalker is coming fast. Oh, it is, isn't it? No, oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm cautiously. We should be getting optimistic about it. I'll probably actually do this sooner than when I release this episode, but then again, I might do it right when this episode releases. I might just... Well, let's go ahead and jump in, and then we'll give ourselves some blooper reel material in the actual episode. <laughs> we, we're good for blooper reel stuff. We don't even have to be trying for that. No, man, it, it comes easy, doesn't it? I didn't know about this till I saw a YouTube channel about it, but apparently there is a modification you can download for the Jedi Academy game hmm. called Movie Battles, and it totally redoes that game to where it's kind of like the current Battlefield games, but with those graphics. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Cool. And... You know, you'd think, oh, everybody's going to play Jedi in that, but see, Jedi can be overrun with lasers. Like, they have a stamina bar, and the more lasers they deflect, it takes more and more off. And if you just overwhelm them, then you can take them out, and apparently Mandalorians are really good at that. Wow. That's like their specialty is to overwhelm Jedi, so I've been playing a little bit of that, and I have to say, being the Mandalorian's pretty cool. Like, you're basically a Jedi killer. That's pretty awesome. I mean, if you're going to be... A Jedi killer. There's not a better way to do it than being a Mandalorian. That's right. And see, on the flip side, the rebels and the, the good guys can hire smugglers that can take out Mandalorians. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a trade there back and forth. There is. And it's really cool because it's just not like, oh, run out here, get killed, and come back five seconds. Like you, When you get killed, you have to stay dead for the remainder of the round. Oh, wow. So when you're dead, you're dead. When you're dead, you're dead, and the map that I've played the most is called Escape from the Death Star, and the Rebels are trying to get the tractor beam turned off to get on the Millennium Falcon to fly off, and the Empire team is trying to stop them from doing that. Oh, wow. That's it, cool. It was... It, well, now, what game is this again? I'm sorry. It's the Jedi Academy game, and what happened is these guys saw it and said, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could play different scenarios from all the Star Wars movies in a game so they made their own program that kind of piggybacks off of that one like you have so to have that one installed it's the old Jedi Academy game yeah okay that's cool I can't see who drew it I gotta flip over to the actual information let's see who does who is the cover artist Um, so I did have another idea for the fall if we did not do the horror theme. And that was the fall of Mandalorians, since the Mandalorian comes out in November. Ooh. Because I pulled down the old canon comic. I was going to do a review of it sometime soon anyway. But did you ever read Jango Fett Open Seasons? No, I did not. It came out part of Episode 2 promotional material. I've got the... I've, it was, I think, the first single-issue comics that I went out and bought every month that I can remember. Huh. I collected comics very little when I was in high school and, and college. 
But this one, it was right around Episode 2's release, and it was the backstory of Jango Fett. Oh, interesting. I would like to read that. Oh, it was great. It was a four-issue series, and it really did kind of tie in what you would have expected in the Clone Wars with the Mandalorians and the Jedi fighting each other and everything like that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff there, and it was a great... I mean, I read them just the other night. I was like, oh, man. Why couldn't the story still be the story? Because it made Boba Fett, or it made Jango Fett, rather, a Mandalorian, which right now, that's debatable. Hmm. You know, there's some yeah. speculation out there that Jango Fett might not actually be a real Mandalorian. He might just be somebody with Mandalorian armor. I've heard that. Uh, since, since Fett was not a name of any of the houses or anything like that. But some of the other names that were in this comic do make their appearances in Clone Wars, like it's going to leave, it just left me crap Visla, was it Visla? I think the last name was Visla, so the family or the house Visla yep. does make its appearance, so there are some, some ties to the new canon, or the Clone Wars cartoon in this particular issue, or this series, but anyway uh if we don't do it in the fall, like if we decide to go through with this horror thing, which I think would be really cool, I'm not arguing against it, then we might do Winter of Mandalorians and maybe review an episode or two of the Mandalorian streaming service, plus do some old canon backstory stuff. Because there's some really, I mean, there's some good Dark Horse Boba Fett comics too. Yeah, I've seen a few of those show up on my list of suggested comics on mm-hmm. my Kindle, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. that those were I've even got- a thing. Yeah, I've got one or two, and I mean, or we could do the New Age one too, but I would not be upset if we did a couple of old canon stuff soon, because we've done a lot of new canon material. That would be fun. Which, not complaining about, and that's part of the reason I did the Landa's Luxurious Library, was to make sure that the old canon also got some attention, but, you know, never hurts to be like, you know what, we're just going to do a little bit of both. There we go. Variety. Yeah. Yeah, some variety. And then I'm thinking... Spring of next year, we'll do the Starships. That could be fun. But, I mean, all these are pending. I'm going to throw some ideas out there and let the listeners or the Facebook fans vote on some stuff, too. There we but, go. Anyway, I'll, I'll do the Hara slash Jedi slash Starships, or Man- uh, probably Mandalorians, for the fall and just see which one they vote for the most. But, I'm going to be honest, Christopher Carlson, you recommended that Hara theme, and I started looking it up. I just read a, just got done reading that Death Troopers book, which was Star Wars and Zombies. That would have been perfect for it. But Joe Schreiber, the guy that wrote it, also wrote another old Republic book that's about zombies. So this is a Star Wars book called Red Harvest. So I was like, eh, well, I could just read that one. Yeah, that would be a good one. I've heard of that um, one. Yeah, I think it, they might actually be connected. I don't know that for certain, but I wonder if the virus that supposedly the back of the book tells you that a, a Sith Lord creates some sort of a virus based on a plant, I wonder if that virus is what Palpatine's manipulating into what what happens in Death Troopers. Oh! And that would be a really cool be- way to be like, ah, these books are actually a duology. They just you know, happen in two different complete eras of the Star Wars old canon Legends universe.
but anyway, and you know, I just that was my first search for the Tales from Vader's Castle stuff. Now I'm going. I wonder what else Star Wars horror stuff is out there because I'm sure there's other Star Wars books that would fit the horror genre if you really wanted it to, and I just never considered it. Hmm. Or episodes. I mean, I'm sure there was an episode or something in the Clone Wars where you were like, you know, creeped out. Yeah, I think there was quite. A, I want to say they did a few kind of like, I guess Halloween-based ones. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Rebels, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So there's there's some potential where we could really make that work. Especially with the fact that we only do like five or six episodes for a theme, so we'd have plenty of material. I'm always excited about a new Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to go in with too high expectations, but J.J. did a really good job with Force Awakens. He did. So I have faith that he will, and I heard pretty good solid rumors that George Lucas was consulted Oh, for this final installment. Maybe it'll have some classic Star Wars vibe to it. To, yeah, to, to make sure that they tied in the other two trilogies as well, which obviously were completely his. So, that would be nice. Jar, oh, no, no, no Jar Jar? Oh. No, no Darth Jar Jar. That's it. That's how Sidious comes back. Jar Jar. Oh, Misa, Misa. Misa, Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then everyone gets up and throws popcorn at the screen and leaves the theater. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what would happen, too. Oh. Young kids just wouldn't understand. Why is everybody leaving? Come on, honey. You thought The Last Jedi was bad. Come on, honey, get up. We're not watching this garbage anymore. Yeah. No more Gungans. We boycott Gungans. Oh, <laughs> uh, they get a bad rap. They really do. I mean, they do. And actually, there's a, a new canon book that kind of makes fun of that a little bit <laughs> um it's the han solo lando book mm-hmm. where you're getting the current day versus past day and it's all from han and lando's perspective last shot by daniel jose older i think anyway they run into a gungan and han solo is kind of like i know how to talk to this guy Hey, sir, how are you so doing? And the, the Gungan looks at him and goes, You know, we're not all that stupid. <laughs> That's Some awesome. of us have real jobs and we you know we have things that we need to do and we don't all sound like that. Have you ever actually met a Gungan? And Han was like, Uh, well, no. He's like, Yeah, so stop stereotyping us. That's pretty funny. I like that. I was like, Man, that's pretty good. So, there you go, Gungans. You got your chance to fight back in, in the book last shot. Alright. Well, I, I think we've got... Yeah, I think, and I think we've got some blooper reel material. I was worried there for a little while because we were pumping through pretty good with... That's right. We were all business. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a good episode. Just lots of checking in and lots of fun stuff to talk about. Heck yeah. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll check in again here in a couple weeks. Sweet. In there, and hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Star Wars. Those near in Star Wars. My seventh winner up here. Star Wars. <laughs>
Oh, 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 oh,